0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment, and anything else that's going on, just set it by the wayside. Just let yourself be available to whatever God is doing, and pay attention. Gently and focus, gently, on what he is saying to you. Remember, you don't need to get his attention. He's right there with you. You are already 100% a part of him, spiritually. And let's start there. What is, when we talk about spiritual, you know, we all, so many of us are under, under pressure to be more spiritual, You can't. You can't be more spiritual. Your spirit is already 100% spiritual. So you have already done everything necessary in order to be with God, to have his acceptance, his love, his, you know, he's there to encourage you. Everything you need for life and godliness is already yours in your spirit so this is where we go okay well then what are we doing we're focusing on our soul now God through our spirit his spirit through our spirit is doing the healing the restoring our soul restoring our mind our will our emotions he's healing our wounds, exposing life. He's doing all the hard work. But you know, a lot of the things he's doing, the healing and the restoration work, some of that gets done, and yet we don't change our activities here on this earth. We talked a little bit about this last week and we've been talking about it, but the whole idea is we're locked in a cell and then because of of what Christ did 2,000 years ago, that cell has been unlocked. But we don't like to change. Our soul likes the control and the expectation. When you're in the cell, it may be a miserable life, but at least it's a known miserable life. You know what the next day brings. You know what that night brings. You know what the people in the prison cells next to you are like. You know what every day is going to be like. Leaving that cell, changing, learning about your abilities, learning about how to deal with being a spirit being in this on this earth in this day and age. That's scary. And very often we just met, you know, let's just wait until we die, you know, and then whatever, you know, or wait till he forces something on us. And a lot of our beliefs center around those principles in which you and I draw back from our authority and responsibility that God has already given us for here on this Earth. Now we've talked many times before about there's the three realms of reality. There's the spiritual realm, the solical realm and the natural realm. In each one of those realms has structure, has power, has a kind of government. Authority. Spiritually, in the spirit realm, it's all God. But in the solical realm, he has delegated some of his authority. It's still his authority, but he has delegated some of that power and authority to those dwelling in that realm and even to the realm itself. So, you and I, in our soul, you have power and authority that's part of your having the soul. And this, this is how, when we look back at the Old Testament, before Christ was resurrected, the disciples could go about doing miracles. And even others, before even Christ was born, miracles happened in the soulical realm and in the natural realm because God had delegated power and authority to those realms. Now, you and I, part of our job here, part of our responsibility, is to learn how to exercise that power and authority. And you can't do that from a prison cell. So, you know, what we say, come out from among them. You know, what's Ecclesia? Being called out. Called out of yourself. Called from where you are now into the new thing that God wants to do in you. Now, this is not about ministry. This is nobody needs to know about what God is doing in you. This is, you know, one of those concerns a lot of people have. Well, I don't want to have to change so much where... It disrupts my family, my career, My I'm, I'm happy in this area, I don't want to disrupt it. Well, that's fine. That's between you and God. Some things need to be disrupted, but you know when he he changes things, he makes it so that one way or another we're uncomfortable where we're at. And that's, you know, even in our cell, he starts making it so uncomfortable. Sometimes it's, we get, start getting really cold at night. Or, we've, you know, the people in our uh, next door cells, they start leaving. And new people come in and we can't stand them. And pretty soon, there's a combination of he drives us out of our cell and he draws us out of our cell. You know, we we can fully accept that we don't have to live this way any longer without doing anything about it. But God wants you to do something about it. So perhaps you know right now what it is that God is dealing with you in your soul. And it may be extremely personal. Odds are it is, because God is interested in what's personal. You know, he doesn't need your help in anything. So his, he is not fixing you so you can work for him. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your gifts, your abilities, your special anointing. He hasn't put you on this world on this earth for this time, because nobody else can do what you can do. That's not true. He doesn't need your help. Just like he sent his son the first time. First, he created Adam, with Adam, and then Adam and Eve, and he created the garden, he put the angels and the demons there. He creates what he needs. He doesn't need our help. He sent his son. He didn't need anybody's help to do that. So what he needs to have done, he does by himself. He And most of the time it's because we don't know how to work with him because we have not let him restore our soul. So we are not equipped. We are not able to work with him. So he has to do it on his own. Very often you know i suspect he'd love to, for us to be able to see what he sees so we can do what he is doing without interfering with what he what his plans are you know i think you know god will you know wants to do a b and c and we draw conclusions about what what the end what z is going to look like and so we start going to to x to to S, to L. And he's like, no, just focus on the ABCs. So as we start to come out of our cell and learn to live as a spirit being that has a soul, lives in a body, we start focusing on what God wants to do and is doing in our lives. Now part of that, and we don't, you don't, you know, some people call it navel-gazing even, you know, that we get so introspective that we're, you know, so have, you know, so focused on ourselves. But you know, if that's where God's focused, that's where I want to be focused. Now, let's, you know, we, we can look at Jesus as the best example. He spent 30 years of his life focusing on himself, focusing on his relationship with his Father. You we talked about he learned to do different things. He learned how to raise the dead. He learned how to heal people. He learned how to hear his father. He learned how to perform miracles. Again, I don't think, you know, when he called Lazarus out, you know, raised him from the dead, I don't think that was the first time he had done that. He had experimented. He, he tried and there, you know, trial and error. And I think that's what he wants us to do. But it wasn't so he could perform it in public. I think it was simply an a stretch, an outlook. This is what God has given my hands to do. This is what I'm going to do. God put the desire in his heart. His Father put the desire in the Son's heart to learn how to raise the dead. Jesus, in his soul, already had the power and authority because his spirit was fully reunited with his soul already so now he could do you know a full restoration of his soul and spirit because there was never any separation so the power and authority that was in his soul was already ready to be practiced he still had to learn how to do it but his soul didn't need to be restored so you and I, there's going to be a, you know, a phased approach where we're going to learn this, we're going to be healed here. We're going to learn how to do this, we're going to be restored there. We're going to learn how to do this, we're going to overcome that. So it's going to be a process. So we're, obviously we're not going to be on the same pathway that the Savior of the world was. You know, there's only one lamb slain for the, for the sins of the world before the foundation of the earth. That's not us. You and I, though, you you have your path. The God, is, God desires for your soul to be restored. And part of that is to learn to use the power and authority that he's already given you. So this is one of the reasons we don't call them gifts. Now, it's fine to do that. I mean, because... Everything's a gift. Our body's a gift. Our soul is a gift. Our existence here on this earth is is God's gift to us. But it's God's gift to you. And you know what? He wants you to treasure it. He wants you to say, Thank you. How does this work? You know, it's a gadget. That God, your soul is, is a gadget that God has given you, and He wants you to learn how it works. You might, you probably don't even know the joy that it will bring you to know how your soul works, how it functions. And again, your soul is going to be slightly different than anybody else's because we're each unique in the combination of way he is of the way he is placed our soul together, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And just like in the body, you know, we each have our own fingerprint, our own DNA, the same thing with your soul. So your soul is special and unique to you. And because your soul is unique, your abilities, those gifts, the abilities, are also going to function differently in your soul than in anyone else's this is why God himself wants to teach you just like he taught the Father taught the Son and this is part of the process of getting to know him we test what we hear we try this you know it's it's he teaches us okay this is how you learn how to raise the dead. this is how you learn how to speak in tongues you know so many people how do you speak in tongues you know, and that's a, that's a big question that comes in. How do you do that? Well, you start, and you try, and you keep on gently pursuing, and you, you know, God just, you know, help me to learn how to do this. Because there are a lot of, you know, and, and if you want to, you know, look on the Internet, I'm sure there's different videos and instructions on how to learn how to do this. But understand that it is an ability that you already have. You don't have to get it. And, we'll, you know, at some point in time we'll probably do a, a broader study on because there's some, some really great value in, in the speaking of tongues, speaking in tongues, that uh, we'll, we can get into. It's great encouragement. It's a great way to express yourself, when you, especially when you don't know what um, a situation is or what's going on with you. And it gives us real comfort and encouragement. But the thing is, is if you don't know how to do it, how do you start doing it? And this is a great example. You just start. You know, for instance, you know, say, you know, we're all speaking English. Do you know a second language? Just start speaking that other language. If not, just start, you know, speaking something in between. Let the Lord, you know, even if you just want to sit and You know, um, recite a poem. You know, uh, recite a song that you know. Sing a song that you know. While you're thinking about, Lord, I'd like to be able to speak in tongues. And you may find yourself singing in tongues. A lot of people find it much easier to sing in tongues to begin with than speaking in tongues. And that's just because uh, we use a different part of our thoughts when we're singing, and we are very often, much often left connected to other rational part of our, our mind and our, and our brain when we're singing, especially worshiping. But the point is, try it. And you keep trying it. You ask, well, okay, am I doing anything wrong? Is there something else that I need to try differently? You know, spend time doing it and do it until... Now, he may say, let's focus on something else to, another time now one thing to remember in any of this when you're whether you're learning wanting to learn how to turn water into wine whether you want to learn to raise the dead whether you want to learn you know okay i love i just love the the um when jesus and his disciples were leaving the village that had cast him out and they wanted to rain fire down on them they had no question that they had that ability to do it they didn't say god father uh, jesus would you do it he said Jesus, do you want us to do it? They knew they could do it. How did they know? Because they'd already been doing it. So you, And they weren't Christians. They weren't alive in their spirit. The power and authority to do that was in their soul, not their spirit. And it wasn't because they were around him. Now, what was different was that, that he could show them This is how it's done. So what? We can spend time with him. And he can show us this is how it's done. So if there's people around you that, you know, if there's an area that, okay, uh, if you want words of knowledge, words of wisdom, you know, whatever, a gift of uh, the ability to heal a specific thing or a a broad thing, or give a, a gift of a word of encouragement, anything it is, find somebody that's already doing it and hang out with them. Take them to lunch. Take them to dinner. Ask them, invite them over to your house. Say, teach me how to do this. And what you're going to find is people who are already doing it, most of the time would love to share how they do it because they love being able to do it. But it's not for the purpose of ministry. Now, it will very often result in ministry because that's how it's expressed. It's the, it's the expression, not the, not the goal. So if God teaches you how to speak in tongues, he wants you to speak in tongues. It's not just so you know how to do it. It's so you'll do it. Not because nobody else can do it or that it's necessary, but because he wants you to be able to do it. It's like, you know, singing. It's like walking. We know how to use our legs. We know how to walk. So he expects us to, you know, not have to be carried around everywhere, but to be able to use our legs and walk places. We have a voice. We learn, know how to speak to one another. So God expects us to be able to express ourselves through our voice to be able to speak. That's all these abilities in our soul are. They're a way of the spirit that's already within us to express through us for our benefit first. Now, God may put you in situations where you can help others. The goal is not to help others, though. He's going to put you in, in situations because it will help you. It will show you areas of where you need healing. It will show you areas where you are believing a lie, where you're believing a lie about yourself, about God, about others. You know, one of the things that really reveals some of the, the lies we believe is success. You know, let's say you've you know always wanted or you still you have the desire to you know have a healing ministry and god teaches you how to use that ability to heal and you start healing and people start coming to you and you start getting notoriety and all of a sudden you find yourself puffed up about how great you are at this well god's going to teach you about that lie that's a lie that your soul, a crutch, that your soul has been relying on, not only in that area, but in other areas of your life. And God doesn't want you believing in lies. He doesn't want you using a crutch. He, He wants your soul to be so ready to receive everything that the Spirit is giving, that all your soul does is accept unconditionally whatever spirit gives that eternal life that's already there in your spirit to flow into your soul first you and I are the first partakers of eternal life not the last so it's in some ways and in some circles, you know, I'm not going to say that it's across the board, but in many evangelical, Western, Christian religion persuasions, it's all about helping others, ministering to others, raising up others, encouraging others. Well, I'm going to switch that, and flip that on its head, and it's about you being encouraged first. You being restored first. You being ministered to by God first. Do you know how to accept ministry from him? This is why we're asking him to teach us about these abilities, how they work. This is one of the ways we can objectively understand his ministry to us. Before we can minister to others at all, at all, whether it's we understand it or not, it's we are ministered to ourselves. And again, that's not the goal. From, from now until the end of your life, nobody ever has to know what's going on between you and God. And God will be well pleased with you. You're off the hook as far as accomplishing, making a difference, standing in the gap, doing all these things that so many you know, um, groups try to motivate. Don't be motivated by something other, something out there, something next, something in, in, a, in a mentality where you have to be, you know, reach a certain level, reach a certain, have attained a certain development of your gift, or um, anointing, or have an experience in order to be accepted by God or in the center of his will. Anything that's God plus is a distraction, is a lie. Now, you've, again, you've got those three enemies. That That's all they do all day is lie to you. You've got your soul. Your soul is lying to you all the time. The devil is lying to you and deceiving you and tricking you all the time. And this world system is lying to you and deceiving you and tricking you all the time. That's the environment that God has placed us all in. It's not that it's out of control and chaos. It's intentional. Because it accomplishes God's goal for us the quickest, and again He's so gentle with us; He doesn't want to just slap us, you know, knock us on the head, and say, "Boom! Okay, everything's changed." And He rips out of our soul, restores it, and stuffs it back in. Now that would might be the most, you know, time, uh, time effective. There's something about the process where we learn about his goodness. We are drawn by his goodness and his loving kindness towards us. And we experience that by his ministering to us, by his changing us. So whatever it is, you already have the power and authority to do whatever it is you have your, you know, Focus your desire, the desires that he's placed in your heart. I'm just going to use the example that I think I threw out a couple of weeks ago about just being able to lay lay a hand on the side of the hospital and have everybody in that hospital be healed of whatever they have and just leave the hospital. God has already placed that power and authority in me to do that. My challenge and my, my opportunity is to think of every day, this is part of the process, is I'm learning how to do that. I don't know if there's ever going to be a time on this earth where that's going to be a, a realization in my life, but I'm going to be content and enjoy today. Because as I'm learning, how, what do I need to learn how to do that? And I'm asking him, and he's showing, okay, well, let's look at your, mis, you know, your beliefs about that. You know, what are your fears about that? What are you concerned about? You know, for instance, okay, I'd be concerned about, um, well, what if there are people who shouldn't be healed? Who, if they were healed now, would just prolong their going home to be with God. And so we talk about that. Well, how about, you know, what would be the ramifications? Is that something, you know, that I'm hearing God clearly enough for? And he starts showing me areas of my life where there's fear, and those fear might be based on wounds and misunderstandings and You know, let's start on a smaller scale. And we work through. And just that little conversation right there, that is God ministering to me. Because we're talking about what God is doing in my life, in my soul, in your soul. That's his purpose in in this earth. You are his purpose in this earth. He can... He can restore this entire earth just with a thought. He created it with a thought. He can restore it with a thought. He can bring peace on this earth with half a thought. He's choosing not to for our good. He has planted himself seeds of hope and encouragement and idea and desires in each one of us. And he is drawing the growth. He is drawing the fruit. He is drawing us. He's teaching us how to tend to the weeds, how to harvest. Then when we harvest, what do we do with this? We are learning how to be one with him, how to be sons of God. We are co-inheritors with Christ. We are his first fruits even. We are the signifiers of the Son of God having accomplished what he has accomplished here on this earth. And yet we are coming up with our own ideas of what that looks like. If you feel stressed, if you feel pressured about being a good Christian or even even the things that we're talking about, you you are trying to do what God has said, that's my job so we instead look for what brings us contentment and peace and joy and pleasure, enjoying this world, enjoying this earth, enjoying our time here on this earth, and enjoying our soul as he draws our soul to restore it. He draws those parts of our soul that are ready to be reunited with our spirit, and he does that you are already partially restored. It's not like all, this, all the, all the um, fixing needs to be done in your soul before it's restored. It's a bit by bit. So even now, you're already being restored in your soul. But we want to be able to enjoy the process. So thanks again for, for all your great questions and your feedback. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.